Hello, and welcome to Conflict Theory, after our long vacation break. And lucky for us, over our break, nothing big happened, right, Alan? <laughs> no, not a thing. It's a totally boring two or two weeks, totally regular start to the new year. Nothing to talk about. Yeah, it's like the world just slowed down just for us so that we could have Absolutely. a nice Christmas vacation. <laughs> but of course, what we're going to talk about today is sort of the loss of a very long 200-year tradition in the United States. And I'm speaking, of course, of the peaceful transition of power. This week, on January 6th, thousands of protesters rushed the Capitol building after a Donald Trump rally. They brought zip ties, guns. They were rioting, looting, destroying the building. Explosives were found at the DNC and RNC headquarters. Like, it was just a sight to behold. And in the midst of all this destruction, we saw that five, six people died in relation to this, and just every sort of which way. Police shot an unarmed woman trying to enter the the Congress. Protesters beat a cop. I heard a report that was with a fire hydrant, but I haven't confirmed exactly how that happened. But yeah, fire extinguisher, I heard that too. Fire extinguisher, yeah. and he later died from his injuries. A woman was trampled to death. One man suffered a stroke. Another man suffered a heart attack. And days later, another police officer on the force had committed suicide. So just every sort of which way. As soon as it started, we saw all over the media, people were calling and pleading with the president of the United States to make a statement to get these people to go home. And finally, over two hours into this, Donald Trump finally posted a one-minute video to Twitter saying that he is the real victim here, that, quote, the other side is, quote, evil. But go home. Let evil ring, I suppose. Like, it's a a whole speech that would have ramped people up, but he ends it with go home and go in peace. And then, despite the fact that a police officer was uh, wounded at this time, later died, A woman was shot, both of them veterans. Donald Trump ends with, I love you very much, and you are very special. And that's after Joe Biden had already gone on and given a much longer address asking the president to do do this. Twitter was aflame with appeals for him to call for peace. And the best he could come up with is, they're evil, but go home anyhow, I guess. Contrasting this, and it's Interesting that we're recording this today. It's January 11th uh, when we are recording this. And exactly four years ago today, Barack Obama was giving a speech and he was saying, and in 10 days, we'll have a transition of power and people start booing. Barack Obama says, no, 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 you don't boo a peaceful transition of power. He was celebrating this long tradition within the United States around the same time that Trump was tacitly supporting a coup. It is an insane time. And I know that Alan and I are going to be largely in agreement here. So we'll fight and we'll try and find some places where we disagree. But Alan, what do you, you have some uh, prepared statements for this one. Yeah. Uh, I, I have some ideas. Yeah. So uh, I think you did a nice summary there. Uh, I was uh, particularly struck with the, I love you comment. Um, you know, the, there was, 
sort of a, a interesting compare and contrast, right, between between Biden's speech, which which first of all was first, right? So Biden had to come out first and try try to say something, right, and try to prod, literally, you know, call on President Trump to you know say something and try to uh, you know quell this this situation, you know. So I, I thought the compare and contrast on on the leadership exhibited was was rather interesting. And as you say, when when Trump did come out, it was you know rather half-hearted. I love you, but please go home. Um, you know, no real condemnation of it. The next day he did, you know, call it a, a heinous attack and got a little bit stronger, but but not very much stronger, I guess you would say. So yeah, no, it's 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 not okay to um to uh you know hit somebody in the head with a fire extinguisher. It's it's not okay to plant explosives. It's it's uh you know not 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 okay to be trampling people. And these things are bad and I condemn them absolutely. Um, I think it's you know it's a clear case of sedition. But I have calmed down a lot on it, I have to say, and um, and a lot of it, I have come to the point that I'm that I'm okay with it. So we'll talk about that over the course of the show, and um, kind of where I'm uh, where I'm thinking, you know, the seditioners were were okay and where they weren't. All right. So I guess some some of the questions that are around here from your opening statements seems like we're mostly in agreement. Yeah, mostly. One. One thing that like seems to be like a big debate and maybe it's reasonable, maybe it's not, but what would you call this? Uh, well, you know, I, I use the term sedition and I, and I, I think that's a, that's a fair statement. Uh, insurrection, sedition, um, you know, I, at, similar to a conversation we had about the Black Lives Matter movement, anytime you get to the, you know, violence and destruction of property and things, it ceases to be a protest anymore and it starts to be, uh, you know, a, a riot at a minimum. So, you know, it's a, at least a riot, but given that the target was the functioning of the U.S. government and, uh, you know, uh, stopping the peaceful transition of power, as you say, I think sedition and insurrection are, are valid terms to apply to this particular riot. Okay. And, like, they were certainly armed and they had equipment and there were bombs placed. So this, this seems to elevate above protest. But l- let me ask the question slightly differently. All right. Cause I, and I'll, I'll answer it ahead of time. I'm going to answer like, I do not have a problem with this, but so many people seem to have a problem with it being called a protest. Do you find that up? Do you find that problematic calling this a protest? Um, well, I mean, it certainly started as a protest, right? Trump did his little speech and there were, I don't know, somebody said 100,000. I haven't been able to confirm or deny that it was anywhere near that large, but certainly tens of thousands of, of people were were at his at his rally, um, which, you know, was a protest per se. And had they marched to the Capitol and, you know, just sat there and, and chanted and, you know, maybe even obstructed people going in and out or whatever, I, you know, that's, that's valid protest. But when you start doing destruction of property, it ceases to be a protest and serves to be a riot. And, you know, we, I said essentially the same kinds of things about the Black Lives Matter stuff. Right. And I didn't. So I should hold right. myself to account here. Right. Yeah. I, I was going to if you didn't. So go ahead. Okay. <laughs> the tactics of this. Now, I, I, I'm not going to explicitly say we should storm the Capitol. I feel like that could get me in trouble, right? That's an incitement of violence. I can't do that. Right. But... The, the tactic of the not this isn't exactly what happened. I, there are adjustments I would make to this, but I think storming the Capitol and doing a sit-in within the Capitol, an unarmed one, they were armed and that's that's a huge difference. And there were intentions of kidnappings and whatnot. Like there was a lot of part of it, lots of parts of this that was very problematic. But the idea that they were going to storm a building they're not supposed to be in is not a big deal to me. That's a sit-in. That's what a sit-in is. 
Right. You find a place you're not supposed to be, but then you occupy it. Right. So that part of it would not bother me. And I think it could, could have been done very effectively, both on their part and on the part of potential protesters in the future to just occupy the Capitol building, which leads me to asking you, I'm sure we're all right with sit-ins in some capacity. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, you know, I, I guess that's what one quibble I would make with your opening comment as you were talking about, you know, the, the destruction of the, of, of property that happened. And really to the greatest extent that was limited to breaking doors and windows so that they could get in, you know, that you look at the pictures, you know, the artwork is still, still there. There's no, there's no uh, spray painting or graffiti of any kind, you know, the statuary wasn't knocked over. Um, you know, the, that they went in, you know, look at the pictures of them, the video of them in the house chambers and in the Senate chambers. Well, they're, milling around they're looking at things they're putting their feet up on the table you know they threw some papers on the ground um you know an hour after they were out senate and house were both using those rooms right they, they were still completely functional one hour after um you know after the um the seditioners were removed so you know yes they were probably minus some some trinkets and they were minus a podium but um or not a podium but a, a lectern i guess you would call it so yeah they um it was closer to a sit-in than than many people give them credit for which is kind of why i'm kind of okay with it you know while it was happening i was furious and when i went to bed that night i was furious and i, I had troubles going to sleep when i woke up in the morning i was furious with trump and giuliani and 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 trump jr and and the gang for uh inciting this i don't think there's any doubt that you know when you're telling people to fight and you're telling people that that um the the other side is the enemy and telling them to go you know march to the capitol you know this is this is what's going to happen right and they you know i mean it's not just them there was you know online groups and online people you know parading for this behavior or, or asking for, 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 for this behavior also. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious with, with those folks, but, but the actual people who did it, you know, it, if I believed as they did that the election was stolen, um, you know, is it reasonable to go into the Capitol and try to uh, stop the transition to a fraudulent government? It, it is, <laughs> you know, and, uh, um, you know, so from, from, from their perspective, I, I no longer really have a beef with them. The, the, the beef I have is, is with the people who foisted this big lie. And I made it in every sense that, that, that Goebbels did with the, uh, you know, with the, with the Nazi big, big lie, not trying to say that the Trump and his folks are, are as bad as, as the Nazis, but I am saying that they employed a Nazi technique of the big lie, where you tell uh, an outrageous enough statement um, often enough from people who are supposed to have cr cr credibility and people who, you know, have, have control, people will start to believe it. And we have seen that in this country with this uh, foisting of, of uh, you know, election fraud rhetoric and election fraud accusations, every single one of which has, has been debunked. I spent a lot of my weekend having online debates with people about this, uh, you know, about, about this big, big lie and trying to, um, you know, show them that, in fact, it is a lie and there is no, no, no evidence. But if you believed as they believed that, that, you know, that this big lie is true and that the, um, you know, the election has been stolen and, and, and an illegitimate government is going to get put in charge of the nuclear codes, you know, that's, um, that's worth taking some action about. So I'm no longer angry with them. I, I'm, I'm, I'm angry with the, other than the person who hit a cop in the head with a, with a, uh, a fire extinguisher and the people who put the bombs there and, and, you know, the people who trampled the woman and, you know, th those folks I'm still mad at, but, but those um, are all the things I had just written down to double check with you. So thanks for clarifying. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're so, okay so, with this. Okay. Let's, here's some things yeah, to bring up. <laughs> yeah. So, 
so you know it's um um you know there the, the the actions of you know literally you can probably count them on your fingers right the the the, the number of, of 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 actors who who committed that 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 I am still mad at but but otherwise you know the rest of the crowd like, again you know they broke doors and windows to get in to do their sit in as you would call it and they were you know as far as these things go reasonably well behaved inside with the exception of those of those few exceptions you know Na- Nancy Pelosi was was in her office on sixty minutes yesterday. You know, yeah, there was a little damage here and there, but you know, it was still pretty much intact. You know, the artwork was still there. You know, she talked about something being missing. I think somebody might have taken something off the wall, and you know, I think they stole her her laptop. I'm opposed to that also, but you know, so so there's you know a few little things here, but I, again, you can count those the, the people who did that probably on your fingers. And you, you're, you got uh, a long list of the parts you're not okay with. Well, yes, but but the but the the the, the main gist of it was they went into the Capitol and they tried to disrupt a, a proceeding to uh, to. To, um, you know, uh, put what they consider to be an illegitimate president at the White House. Yeah, but they also had zip ties, guns, and... All right, so, yeah, I mean, and nobody was actually uh, restrained with those zip ties other than the ones that the police put on people. So, yeah, no, I mean, they, they were armed for worse, but they were able to restrain themselves from, from the worst. Right, they didn't get their hands on anyone to re- uh, zip tie. But is is that because they were peaceful, or is it just... For lack of trying. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. But yes, I'm I'm also opposed to zip tying people <laughs> that 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 aren't uh, that you know that, that 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 aren't being placed under lawful arrest. Because <laughs> they had they had set up essentially like gallows by the at the Capitol too. They were prepared to just do straight up hangings. Was it a gallow or was it a uh, a guillotine? I I it was I listened to the story, but it, it's they were calling it gallows. All right. All right. So, yeah, I think I saw but, a picture of a guillotine that I thought was set up out there, but, uh, and I don't know if it was functioning or just a, just a symbol, but, but, uh, but yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, there, there was, there, there was clearly bad intent on, on numerous people and, and to what extent they weren't able to fulfill all the actions that they wanted to fulfill. Um, I don't know, but the actions that they were able to fulfill, you know, uh, for the vast majority of them, I'm I'm okay with it. Again, as you mentioned, my my laundry list of things I'm not okay with is 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 lengthy. But you know, the the number of people who who did those things is you know fairly small, particularly in in scope of the you know thousand or two that 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 were involved in the in the sedition part of this protest. Yeah, and we we have the same laundry list. I'm actually surprised that we agreed that this with if you took out all the really bad stuff that otherwise we are more or less in agreement on the yeah <laughs> that a sit-in at the Capitol would be powerful and good. Well, yeah. And, you know, <laughs> even, even, you know, Congressman did, did that a while back, right? John, John Lewis led the sit-in uh, a, a couple of years ago about, uh, I don't remember what the issue was, but, but they were refusing to let something come to a vote. And so they were going to do a sit-in. You know, that's, that, that, that's certainly 100% valid for uh, a congressman to do in the in the chambers, but you know I'm even okay if if you know a bunch of individuals had had come in and done that. So something I heard a lot the night of that they largely dropped it afterwards, but they it was like they were doing they're like covering this for like eight hours straight, and they had nothing else to talk about. In the middle of this, they had to announce Ossoff the winner of the Georgia election. So. Yeah, we have this oh, this horrible story going on, but also real quick, we got to call a Senate election. Yes. Okay, that, that was a big Senate election. Yeah, no, I was watching CBS at the time, and that's just about what it was. Uh, should we uh, should we break here and, and and call the Senate election? <laughs> yeah. Another thing that we were disagreeing about was that you were saying if they really thought the election were stolen, that they would be justified 
in this action specifically, or did or are you saying they'd be justified in like a sit-in? Um, well, um, with the exception of our laundry list, right? <laughs> it's it's not okay to kill people. Um, it's you know, I, I guess. I mean, to to the extent that I thought, you know, um, stealing Nancy Pelosi's uh, dead desktop or stealing, you know, whatever sort of minor things got stolen, to the extent that I thought that might further their cause, I'd be okay with it too. But in fact, that's just people taking trinkets, right? So, so uh, given given that you're talking about your country and your government and and you know the leader of the free, not just the free world, but but you know the superpower for the whole world, and if you have that in an illegitimate government's hands, well, that's pretty bad news. I think you know those of us who uh, have been uh, severely anti-Trump over the last four, four years can certainly sympathize with the with with the with the thoughts, right? And you know, somewhat extreme actions are certainly justified. Again, I'm not in favor of killing people or or um, trampling people or those kinds of things. But like the worst case scenario is an extremely moderate, nearly right wing Democrat. Like right. that's that's not worth. Like, uh, and we agree that's not worth killing over. But we've had like big questions of elections before. We talked about the uh, 2000 election on this show. We think there's a good chance that that wasn't a legitimate election. Like it just might not have been. Right. But we moved on. We decided right. a peaceful transition of power was more important. Right. Yeah, and I remember I was I was watching a uh, uh, a Lincoln Project podcast about this, and and um, you know they two two thousand election was among the things. They, but you know, like uh, Steve uh, Steve, uh, gosh, I can't think of his last name right now. The Lincoln Project guy who was on um, McCain's election staff, but he was, he was talking about, you know, general, you know, yeah, you're not happy. And, you know, he's somebody who's worked on Republican campaigns as his career, right? In general, when you lose an election, you're not happy about it, but you know, it's going to be okay. Right? It's going to be okay that the Democrat took power. You know, they'll have some policies that you don't agree with, and it's not going to be optimal, not as good as if your guy won, but it'll be okay, right? And it's not okay, right? In, in CST's view as well as mine, if, you know, if Trump won another four years, right? Just because of, you know, we had the show about Trump and I'm, I'm just opposed to long before we ever get to policy issues. I'm, 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 you know, really, really opposed to the guy as is Steve enough that he started the whole Lincoln project to have re- Republicans counter it. But yeah. So it's um, uh, had, had this been, you know, that I felt that, you know, that Trump had stolen the election and, and was, uh, was going to, uh, to take power despite the vote. I, you know, there's, there's a lot of protests that I that uh, that I think would be justified, up up to but not including killing people, and up to but not not including the 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 major destruction of property. I guess what I'm confused about, like I understand that these folks are essentially in a more or less mainstream right wing cult, and they were told to drink the Kool Aid, and some of them died because of it. Right. But I I really don't understand what they're fighting for. Like, what is the threat of Joe Biden to these people? Like, I know what the threat of Joe Biden is to me, someone who's much farther left of Joe Biden, but he might increase minimum wage. Is is that worth starting a revolution for? Yeah, it's kind of funny to, you know, to, to watch the rhetoric. I've, I've got some of these, you know, conservative friends and, and conservative uh, things on Facebook that I've seen. You know, they're like, you know, Joe Biden's such a, 
you know, so such a boring, uninspiring, un uninteresting guy, right? On, that's on the, the one hand. On the other hand, they're furious that he's coming into power. It's like, you know, if he's, if he's you know, boring and uninterested, well, you should be, you know, maybe disappointed that he's coming into power, but you certainly shouldn't be furious, right? Because <laughs> boring and uninteresting people don't negatively affect your life very much, you know? So, so um, yeah, now it's, it's, it's curious the, 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 the rhetoric. I, I wish there was any rhyme or reason to any of it, but it's it's all completely ir irrational for you know the the the, the fringe that's willing to, the fringe that may approach forty percent. Unfortunately, that's, you know, there's a poll that like thirty nine percent of Americans think the the you know that the election was stolen. And gosh, what ridiculousness, right? So I, I was proud of, of of Mitt Romney, by the way. You know, in the aftermath of uh, insurrection and he, you know the Congress reconvened to do their their talk while they were debating whether to reject the Arizona results or not he said you know some of my republican colleagues have asked me you know what we should do you know about these people who are convinced that the election was stolen and you know that the inference being that well we should reject the results as a way of appeasing them basically and he's like well we should do um you know the obvious thing tell them the truth right and he got you know bipartisan applause for that and that was a really good speech and i thought mitch mcconnell did a really good speech also talking about how the peaceful transition of power is the most important and how these claims of fraud are ridiculous and you know, we we need to install the rightful president as part of our constitutional duty. So I, I was really pleased with his speech. I was really pleased with 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 Romney's speech, and and the fact that, you know, well the 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 Mitch McConnell speech came beforehand, but the fact that people were able to give these speeches in these chambers immediately after this insurrection took took place, um, you know, I think tells you a lot about how these these insurrectionists did contain themselves. Yeah, Mitch McConnell's speech was like amazingly like good yeah like he's been the guy who stopped the two thousand dollar checks from growing up that was all him yeah to a great extent absolutely and he had been on the wrong side of this whole trump debate for way too long yes. it took him months to finally like in the last second last possible second he 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 came onto the right side of the issue but no, right. he's been on the wrong side this whole time, like stirring up some of this, some of the right wing conspiracy theories. And that's all on Mitch McConnell. But his speech was so good. I nearly forgave him. Yeah, no, my, my respect for him speech. went up a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As, as far as the, the words that he said, absolutely. You know, I, I mean, the, you you and I judge judge speeches from uh, for, from time to time, and you know there there may be some 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 speaker points that he was he, he he would maybe be marked down on, but but yeah no the content was excellent. I was I was really pleased with uh, with with the words that were coming out of his mouth, and um, you know I, I I hope that people were hope that people were were listening, and maybe we can at some point start to uh, to have some healing. I, I'd rank that speech. I'd give it really high speak points in the debate community. But how would we rank Trump's speech? How do you rank a speech that's so bad people actually die? Uh, Content-wise, it's terrible, right? Now, you know, presentation-wise, you know, he's a pretty good speaker, you know? <laughs> he's got a lot of rhetorical devices he uses pretty well, which is why people are willing to do this for him, right? Uh, you know, to, to just like, you know... Um, I, again, I gosh, I hate to use this analogy because people are going to say I'm comparing it to him, and I, I'm not trying to say that Trump was anywhere near as bad as Hitler. But Hitler was an excellent speaker, and that was part of the reason why people were willing to follow him to ridiculous extremes. Trump has a very per per persuasive speaking style. That's part of why people are willing to follow him to uh, extremes. Fortunately, he has not asked them to go nearly as far as as as, as Hitler asked the Nazis. But yeah, it's it's a powerful thing to be a good, good speaker. Really, really powerful. Uh, you know, 
Reagan was a fabulous speaker. Obama's a fabulous speaker. You know, they they come along once in a while. Clinton was an excellent speaker, and they you know they can move mountains based on based on their ability to uh, give a good speech. So we're we're getting side kind of sidetracked, but I do. This is where we come from. I know we like analyzing these big speeches. That should be a whole episode of conflict theory. <laughs> Find a good speech. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna get a great acceptance speech. Oh, we're gonna get a terrible acceptance speech here pretty soon here from from Biden. Oh, you're talking his 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 inauguration speech. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I'm curious. Uh, yeah, that whole inauguration thing is going to be interesting. I, I suspect there'll be as many protesters as there are people to support the event. And yeah, um, it's going it's to be fascinating. I'm guessing, regardless of how good his speech is, the news there's, the news is not going to let us talk about it very much. Yeah, probably not. But which does bring me to to another question about this. And I, I want to know, do you think I'm overstating this? My claim is that for the first time in American history, we did not have a peaceful transition of power. Right. Like, like that's <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, people died, right? How do you, how, how do you deny that statement? It was not a peaceful <laughs> transition of power when people die. <laughs> like we've been holding that up as something very important for a very long time. We, we celebrate it every single time we do it. Absolutely. And you look around the world at places that fail to do that and, and you know, you, you think you're way above them and, and, and he, he, here we are. Yeah, I've, I had friends from overseas, like, message me and, like, put, sending out posts in group chats. I mean, they're talking about it. It's just like we would talk about South America. Yeah. It's a banana republic. Right. Yeah, no, um, I saw something on the, on the you know, the hay that China is making with this. And, you know, it's it's sad, you know, but, and I'm sure Putin's doing the same thing that they use this as a major propaganda opportunity that, gosh, aren't you glad you're not on that democratic system that the United States has got? Gosh, that just sucks. Be glad that you're in this nice, stable, we'll take care of you mode. So, okay, I guess, guess we agree it's a really big deal. Do you think, I guess I should ask this. Do you think some politicians are going to call this, say that this election was a peaceful transition of power? Politicians, history, historians, what have you. Do you think that's oh, going to sure. be a narrative? Yeah, you know, t- 10 years from now, people will kind of forget that, that you know, three to five people died, depending on how you handle the the uh, stroke and the heart attack, I guess. you know, So would, far. Would, would they have died anyway? Yeah, so um, or six now that we had the suicide. I, I forgot about that one. But yeah, so well, even that one, you could argue, was he going to commit suicide anyway? But but certainly some people, a small handful, you can count them on your on your finger, possibly need one on your fingers. You know, you, you, you're certainly um, those kinds of, of numbers sometimes get forgotten over history, right? On the other hand, you know, we remember Columbine vividly and we remember Sandy Hook vividly and some, some of these things. So hope, hopefully it will hopefully it will last as, as well as those things do because it's the impact of it is, is every bit as great. And I don't want to blow up the numbers to make it sound like it's worse than it is. Like the stroke and the heart attack, like that, that's weird. Right. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't account, I wouldn't count those during a BLM protest, but everyone else is counting them. So I included yeah, well, them in my introduction. You you get a hundred thousand people out there and things happen, right? So yeah, so yeah, whether you would say they were caused by this or not is 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 debatable. But some of them are clearly not debatable, right? The woman who got shot, the the cop who had a a fire extinguisher slashed in his head, fair chance on the suicide, you know, and and and, and the trampling. The, 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 those are clear examples. Yeah. At the time of recording, I just like I don't know about like what led up to the suicide i don't know if we'll ever know but as of right, right. now i definitely don't know right like what was going through that cop's mind and like i have some some theories and some speculations but it's not worth airing fair enough fair enough so maybe, maybe we should t- transition to um what should be the consequences 
Um, you know, there's there's uh, a lot of talk out there about, you know, invoking the 25th Amendment or uh, doing impeachment. Uh, Nancy Pelosi is talking about, you know, potentially try, trying to push through an impeachment. And back when I was super mad about this and I was, you know, um, in the moment, I was absolutely in favor of all that. And I'm still, I would still be in favor of, you know, um, Mike Pence becoming the 46th president of the United States for a week or so, right? Um, that would be that would be okay with me. But I've I've decided I'm I'm opposed to the impeachment, um, and here's why. You know, we 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 have this huge divide in our in our country started back in the the uh, probably maybe the late Bush 43 days, and so certainly during the Obama days, and and then got really exacerbated under the under the Trump stuff, and we've we've become you know more and more polarized, and and people. Um, you know, are willing to consider the other side less and less. I think social media has got a lot to do with that. The um, polarization of media has got a lot to do with that. You either watch Fox News or you watch MSNBC, and you don't watch both, except for except for some of us strange people that that intentionally try to do that. But yeah, the um, at some point we have to get some healing, and I think a practically meaningless uh, impeachment, which wouldn't in fact shorten Trump's days in office at all, is probably not worth the. The signal of, you know, we're not going to try to come together with the other side that I think it would send. So if I were Nancy Pelosi, I would do a speech and say, you know, we've been thinking about impeachment, but I've decided that this is now a time for the company, the country to come together and not be further torn apart and polarized. So I'm not going to entertain uh, an impeachment motion in the House and make a big deal about, hey, I'm trying to reach out here and I'm trying to uh, to begin some reconciliation. I think I have to disagree with you on this one. All right. I think he should. They should absolutely invoke the Twenty Fifth Amendment, or impeach, or he should resign. There has to be consequences for this. We were just agreeing a second ago that the United States of America, like the birthplace of modern democracy, failed to produce a peaceful transfer of power. Right. The model democracy for the world. Right. And to say we're too divided. The right wing will just become more angry if we impeach. That's letting the terrorists win. Like I, I don't. I know a lot of folks are using the term terrorist to describe what happened, but in any case, like that is negotiating with terrorists. Fine, we won't impeach your mad king. <laughs> uh, uh, um, well, so I mean, it, it, for what. What, what, what harm does does he get from that, given the fact that it, it wouldn't just logistically it wouldn't be able to happen prior to prior to inauguration day? I mean, it, doing an impeachment will not shorten his his term in office one hour. It shows that if you fail to produce a peaceful transfer of power, you get impeached and can never run for president again. But he won't, in fact, end up getting impeached. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, it just won't physically happen. Right. I mean, the, but why do you he, think I, this wouldn't happen? He has a chance to mount a defense. He'll need time to to uh, put together his his defense that it just can't happen between now and the twentieth, and and have any sort of a fair trial. You can have a show trial, and you know, I mean, you might be asking for a show show trial, but we, you know, we rail against show trials in other con- countries all the time. We shouldn't do one. I'm all right with a show trial, but I'm also all right with doing the the full thing because you can impeach someone after they leave office. I suppose. And so you're just trying to make sure he doesn't rerun in 2024 when he's 87 years old or whatever. (laughs) And to make sure that we continue to have peaceful transitions of power in the United States. Yeah. Like we have to ensure that if there's, we have no mechanism to do that. Impeachment would be our only mechanism to do that. If we decide, ah, forget about it this time around. Like that's a problem. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yes. But on the other hand, he didn't, you know, he didn't specifically plan this. He didn't, you know, he's got enough, you know, plausible deniability, as the intelligence community would say, as you know, what he actually said versus what actually happened that I don't I don't know that he really intended or or wanted the well, I don't know. I, I suspect he did uh, want this to happen, frankly, but but I, I, I can't say that for certain. But yeah, it, for all practical purposes, it's not going to make a difference for him. And, uh, you know, I think he feels chastised and castigated and he had to go on. Well, he, he couldn't he couldn't see to it to put himself on national TV. So he sent out his little video via the social media to say, ah, you know, uh, it was a heinous event. And, um, you know, it's uh it's, it's bad. And, but you know, that was embarrassing for him. It's got at least some consequences, but, and for an egomaniac like him, those consequences are probably larger than, than, you know, you and I would perceive them to be, but I don't know. It, it just doesn't make sense to um, further the division and further the, you know, the, the, the rancor going on right now. At some point we have to abide by what Joe Biden wants to do with his presidency. And that is to begin to pull us together and unite us again as Americans. And I think that value probably overrides the value of, of um, teaching Trump a lesson. I mean, I'm all for symbolic gestures. And that's one place where I actually like rub against folks on the left a lot, but I will take symbolism all day long. Yeah, me too. And, 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 and I think I th- we should make this a symbol, right? We are going to have a symbol that we are not going to impeach him, even though he clearly deserves it because we want to begin this reconciliation process. And for all practical purposes, impeachment wouldn't make a difference. Um, and so we're going to um, come together and maybe, maybe she gets, you know, some of the Republican members of Congress to, to join her in that, you know, in, in that thing too, and say, yes, you know, what Trump, what Trump did was terrible. And, um, you know, we all condemn it, but we agree that we need to start moving forward together and and build some unity and, and build a functioning government. No, I think Trump, we need to walk away from this with Trump being the only president to ever be impeached twice. We need to walk away with this from this saying Trump was the first and only president to have the 25th Amendment invoked. We need yeah, to that walk would, away. That I'd be good with, right? Because now you have Republicans taking him down, right? Um, and that, that I'd be perfectly good with. If I were Pence, I would probably be doing that. And I was disappointed to see some of the most likely yes votes on that, you know, actually resigning from the cabinet because now they don't get a vote, right? So, so, um, so yeah, in, in that case, you know, he, 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 Pence becomes president and, um, you know, Trump can appeal and can do some things to kind of put himself back in, back in office. But, you know, given there's, you know, there'd be a week left or something, he wouldn't, he probably wouldn't bother. But something needs to go down in the history books other than this year, we didn't have a peaceful transition of power, but you know, to appease the right wing, we decided to do nothing about it. That I don't like that history. Yeah, I don't want to read fair. that chapter of history. Yeah, that's that. That's fair. It's, it's just there are no good answers here, right? And you know, we have to start moving together at some point. I guess I'm about out of things. What do you think this means for the future of the Republican Party? Because I think they're in trouble. I do too. Um, gosh, you know, that's, that's one of the things I've been trying to, you know, I, I paid a lot of attention to the, the Lincoln project the last couple of months of the election and a couple of times since, since then. And that's one of the things that I'm interested in their, their point of view, because those are all, you know, Republican stalwarts who are deeply concerned about what has happened. There's another Republican I saw on TV a few days ago, who was that, that maybe we needed another that we needed a third party. It might have mm-hmm. even been Sarah Palin when I was watching her on Fox. Um, she may have been talking about the need for a third a th- a third party that's not quite so uh, in step with 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 Trump. But yeah, no, it's um, 
it's the two-party system has worked rather well for us. You know, you can certainly make an argument that we should have a third or fourth party, but the the two-party system has worked rather well for us when both parties are behaving reasonably and rationally. And the Republican Party has not been behaving reasonably and rationally the last couple of years, at least, um, in several regards. Fortunately, they haven't gone completely off the rails, but but in sev- several regards, they you know they they've stuck by Trump in some really um, illogical and irresponsible ways. And yeah, and he's going to continue to have a following. Although Twitter t- took him offline, so that'll limit his following a little bit. Suspect that what that will mean is we'll have a mass migration of conservatives over to Parler, which will only um, only further the, the the divide of you know Republican. Excuse me, liberals don't read what conservatives are reading, and conservatives don't read what 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 liberals are reading, and the divide will only get only get bigger. Oh, that that was loaded. First, a quick fact check on you. There is no Parler anymore. Oh yes. Yeah, that's gone now. Did I miss an announcement? What happened? Well, they were hosted on Amazon servers, and Amazon just said, well, we're not going to host you anymore. So Parler's gone. Oh, so they have to go set up their own server farm. So that, that'll that that'll delay them a couple of months, but they'll be back up and running. They said it could cost way more than they'd ever have. It looks like Parler's just gone. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Unless well, something that, amazing happens. I guess I missed that announcement, and that would explain several of the, gosh, uh, free speech is really under attack stuff that's been going on. Yeah, that's going to be probably an upcoming episode. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great a great episode. Let's uh, let's let's promise we will do that one. <laughs> but I, I do also want to throw out there, like, I don't think the two-party system is doing well. They've done nothing for me my entire life. Oh, come yeah, on. Yeah, nothing. They haven't done anything in 30 years. Oh, come on. You've, you've, yeah. Uh, I mean, you've got a great road system. You've got the FDA giving you safe, safe and effective drugs. You've got a food, uh, food distribution system that, that almost never has, uh, you know, food, food, foodborne illnesses in it. There's a lot that the federal government you, does. That was that all benefits passed you, but under we take Nixon. It, You're giving me we, Nixon accomplishments we, here. But they, they still function, right? And so, um, uh, yeah, so they, um, that those things still happen every single day. And so yeah, you but- are, I said in the last 30 years. Yeah, the things they did under Nixon, those are still good too, sure. All but right. nothing in the last 30 years. They've done nothing. <laughs> All, right. All right, well, we can have a common conversation about that at some, at some point too. What has the federal government accomplished in the last 30 years? That, that, might, be a, that might be a cool topic. All right, you're right. That's way off the track. But I, <laughs> I, I had to get that in there. No, fair enough. Well, what started that whole thing? Now I lost my trip. Lost track. <laughs> oh, we were talking about Parler. <laughs> oh, yeah. Before Parler, though. Um, gosh. What, what, what were you talking about? The, what was your main point? Um, I don't remember, to be perfectly honest. Um, so, yeah, no, we, uh, oh, that, that we were talking about the Republican Party and the future of the right. Republican Party. So that's the. Yeah. So who, who in this country that is a Republican still has the support of like the mainstream? the regular Republicans and the Trump supporters who could possibly fit that bill. Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, I mean, this is bringing me back to nightmares from the 2016 election, right? We had what 11 Republicans running for, for, for president that were, you know, legitimate candidates. And I, I kept telling my, I kept telling people that, you know, once, once the mainstream candidates start getting whittled out and, you know, dropping out, they will coalesce around a mainstream candidate and Trump won't make it. Right. And then we were, you know, down to six and they're still going for Trump and then we're down to four and they're still, and you know, like the, the Marco Rubio's and the Ted Cruz's who were, you know, terribly abused by Trump during, you know, just ridiculously 
uh, uh, you know, illegitimate, you know, statements and treatments during the, during that campaign and during the debates and the big hands and, you know, calling, saying terrible things about Ted Cruz's parents and all of that crap that, you know, part of the reason I'm morally opposed to Trump before we ever get to the, before we ever get to the issues. And yet they fell in line and said, I'm going to support Trump. That all of those people, you know, would potentially fit your description, but they all became Trumpsters to one degree or another. So uh, I, I guess uh, Rick Santorum maybe might might be somebody who fits your description. There's Rick probably Santorum a few... is pretty deep in the Trump swamp, but he might still have some mainstream credibility. Maybe. Because I'm thinking like a third of them will only vote for someone super Trumpy. A third of yep. them will only vote for the opposite of someone super Trumpy. And then a third of them will vote for whoever because they're Republicans. Yeah, no, right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, I would like to say that Marco Rubio would fit in that category, but he went kind of too far into the Trump world. But I think he might come back. Um, and the fact that he was in the Trump world might help bring the Trump people with him. I think he's, you know, intelligent. He he knows how to give a good speech. He's got some got some good ideas, and he's reasonable, right? I, Ted, Ted 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 Cruz meets a lot of those definitions, but he hasn't been reasonable. <laughs> uh, and so, so you're yeah, thinking. I, so you're thinking it's going to have to be a Republican who was with Trump but kept their nose down a well, little bit? I, 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 well, I can't think of anybody. I, I mean, Mitt Romney had his shot, right? So that's the that's the that's kind of the the extent of the list of prominent Republicans that that didn't um, support Trump to uh, sort of a ridiculous degree. I mean, a lot of people love Romney for sure, but like Trumpers will never vote for Romney. He lost the Trumpers. No, no, exactly right. So, yeah. so yeah, and and as I say, he's he's like the only one who hasn't uh, who hasn't kind of drank the Kool Aid on 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 Trump. So it's got to be somebody who who was a Trumper, but maybe not an extreme Trumper, right? I mean, those are just the only options that we have, right? I, I guess maybe maybe there's a governor out there that I'm that that I'm not thinking about, you know, that that would that would step up and be a, a, a great president. I don't know. Maybe um, looks worrying because the Republicans just look more like two parties than they've ever looked before. Yeah, and and not a functioning party. Um, uh, I'm really, I'm really, I'm a little nervous about what's going to happen to them once Trump kind of falls off the, off off the radar for them. Um, how many people um, fall off with him, <laughs> and how many people? Uh, who, who is it that's going to step up and unify the party? And what are the principles that they're going to unify it around? It's going to be a fascinating thing over the next four, four years. And if it doesn't happen, then I think. Some of these calls for a, th- a third party will will start to come to fruition, and you'll have the the far right Republican Party and the moderate Republican Party, and yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Things are, uh, yeah. Well, your prediction is two right wing parties, but I at that point, we're I mean, there's looking at multiple left wing parties too. The People's Party is making a big push for next year. I support yeah, this no, idea. Right. I yeah, don't know if a, it's going to happen. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. As a as a reaction to all of this that's that's been happening, yeah, no, I, it's possible that 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 um, yeah that that the Dem- Democratic Party could could you know sp- spin out a, a far far left party and a centrist party also. So uh, it's going to be interesting as we try to recover from this mess that we've gotten ourselves into and uh, see how we can come out. I just I just hope that Biden is the right guy to to kind of pull us together and and for four years from now at least be more united I, I doubt he'll be able to complete the task but at least have us a lot more united and at least respecting each other more than we do right now yeah i was just saying my final point is inauguration day is going to be a day to look forward to uh, absolutely and be scared of because we yeah, might I was see say, and dread <laughs> yep 
because this was a unique sort of protest where it was only essentially right-wing protesters going up against right-wing cops. They were playing with kids' gloves. But on Inauguration Day, I highly expect the left, Black Lives Matter, and other such movements force the vote to be out there as well. So we're going to have differing ideologies protesting at the same time on Inauguration Day. And whew, that could that could be scary. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Paul, I think it was a... a a good episode. I'm a little surprised that we agreed to the extent that we did agree on uh, on on some of this. But no, I think it's uh, yeah. it's a really super important topic for us to discuss as a as a as a podcast and as a nation and as a world. Um, the ramifications for this go far beyond the U.S. You know, we mentioned China, uh, but you know, name a name a dictator out there or a fragile de- democracy. You know, this was uh, this was bad news for those countries too. All right. Well, this is Conflict Theory signing out. 